Welcome back to the PGM, everybody. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all keeping safe. And uh, sending my love from the manager's office. This week, we've got an hour-long episode with the mastermind behind Glench TV, our very own Glenn Bauman. Hope you enjoy. Thank you very much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you. Pleasure to be here, mate. Pleasure. Excellent. So, uh, Glenn, of course, uh, is a PGMer. And uh, he is the brains behind Glench TV as well, as uh, as we all enjoyed early on in the season. So, Glenn, uh, lockdown life, how's it been for you? I hear you've been uh, doing a bit of exercise and getting getting out and about. Yeah, yeah, bang into fitness at the minute. Um, uh, cycling, jogging, home workouts. I'm going to be a Dan Kingham 2.0 by the time we get back. <laughs> So what have you been uh, doing? Have you got like a daily routine? Yeah, so I either go for a cycle or a jog in the morning and um, then come back. And then in the afternoon, evening time, I'll do, um, a, you know, either 80 press-ups, 80 sit-ups or um, 80 squats. Going for that uh, booty goals. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, you'll have an OnlyFans page in no time. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I was just thinking, you know, I need to... Um, I need to do some other exercise other than push-ups and sit-ups. So that was one that came to my mind. I, I need to do Dan's, because um, I see Dan's put some up on um, his Insta. I need to have a look at them, to be honest, get some more ideas. Yeah, yeah, a few lads in the group have uh, been doing those, apparently, and they like them. So. Yeah, I said um, Sam was saying uh, he couldn't feel his abs or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're not there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, no, fair play to him. Anyone that's going out there trying to better themselves during this yeah. Uh, is, you know, 100%. Admirable. Uh, so you've also you've got a new baby on the way. Is that public public forum at the moment? Yeah, yeah, second one on the way, en route. Yeah, congratulations. Thank uh, you very much. Would you know, boy or a girl? Uh, no, we don't know just yet. I think um, next month or, yeah, I think that's um, when we find out. So, um, yeah see yeah. what happens have you got any names in mind like lewis for example <laughs> i've got a girl's name which i am um you know just in my mind that's it you know um i, I feel like jay my missus got to name the our first child mia and it was a beautiful name and i agreed and then i was like now it's a second child surely it's my turn to you know put it out but she's not agreeing at the minute to my name but i'm a i've got one in mind that i've wanted since i um since I was younger and I watched a movie and I see um it was a rock movie I don't want to give away the name but it was a movie with a rock and he had a daughter and I always thought oh my god you know I want that name that's a it's a cracking name all right I'm sure uh the listeners will be able to dig it out and find out what it is but we yeah. won't, uh, we'll wait for the official press release <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah definitely uh so missing football Glenn oh yeah, like mad. What just been watching? Um, champ. Obviously, eight years ago, um, Chelsea lifted the Champions League, and I've just been watching um, the final, the semi-final, and it's just driving me mad. I just want to play football, and I'm getting all nostalgic, thinking, yeah. "Oh my God, you know, football, greatest game in the world as we know." <laughs> I know. I'm the same. I felt I said before that like, I find it actually quite hard to watch football because I find myself thinking about it so much. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah, mate. It keeps remember. me up at night. Yeah, <laughs> you remember you can't play it or do anything to do with it. You're like, fuck, you know. Yeah, 
for me and you as well because we play what you pairs manager with foot manager crazy fifa yeah it's, yeah everything you know football is just our religion yeah exactly and these uh these sundays for the past year have been brilliant and they go they, they have they've been great everything we uh we wish for or more <laughs> <laughs> some great stuff so um let's go back to, to little glenn mini glenn mm-hmm. when you was a, a little one you uh get into football at an early age you know, oh yeah a young age you're a chelsea fan as well aren't you so yeah who was your favorite players growing up um, so the, the <laughs> yeah so oddly my favorite player growing up when i was little was michael owen Oh really? Um, yeah, when I was five or six, no, I say six or seven actually. Um, HMV in Slough High Street. Me and my mum used to go there every week, and there was a VHR Michael Owen's um, first 100 goals for Liverpool. And yeah. I, I kid you not, I used to watch that on repeat on my little box TV I had in my bedroom. Um, I used to watch a repeat his first 100 goals. He, what a player! And I just used to think, oh, you know, I want to be like that striker scoring goals like that. And then um, obviously, as I got Older, it was I, David Beckham um, videos, and um, Frank Lampard. Then later on, but yeah, it, it started with Owen. Really, that was my first um, football idol. Isn't it funny when you're a proper little kid and you first get into football? Anything you see with football on it, like you want to watch it, no matter oh, what. hundred percent. I um even in HMV, I remember it. They had the nineteen sixty six World Cup final. I even had that. I even watched that like five or six times. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hurst scoring that trick. They think it's all over. That's brilliant. I remember watching. Uh, my granddad used to have loads of Spurs videos. Uh-huh. So I was watching Spurs from like the seventies and eighties. <laughs> and you still like, enjoyed it. Yeah, still yes. loved it. I used to have a. I got a Alan Shearer video from a garden centre once. It's just yeah. in a box there. It's called Sheer Magic. It was brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the tune used to be like, Sheer Magic. Sheer Magic. <laughs> oh, it's great. That's, That's what it's about. Uh, so, yeah, you loved, uh, loved Michael Owen. That's interesting. Yeah, but I, I was the same, actually. When he first came on the scene, he was brilliant, wasn't he? Michael? Oh. So it, good. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. His first ever goal. We'd come on as a sub, and I think it was Wimbledon. And it was like really old school Liverpool, early 90s era. Yeah. And um, and he come on, he scored a proper striker's goal, and I thought, and obviously he was like really young, and they were all ranting and raving about him. And then obviously I watched his '99 other goals, and with the celebration where he's rubbing his hands together, and the, <laughs> the goals he scored were just unreal. Yeah, yeah, and, and I he, remember that in his big baggy shirt. Yeah, he's <laughs> tiny. And he, he, um, he um, obviously I've been watching Harry's Heroes. I think we're going to talk about, but. He, or he was on that for an episode and he said the other night, they said to him, what you've done, you know, it's incredible. And he said, yeah, but I peaked at such a young age. And I, and, and I did feel for him when he said that, because imagine if he would have continued his, um, you know, those younger years, continued, obviously had his injuries. And he still had a great career. He at United for a bit, scored an important goal for you boys against City, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a shame, you know. He, I see him in an interview saying that it was just his... His injuries obviously held him mm. back, but um, it was his genetics. Apparently, his dad was a runner or something, and he had the same same injuries. Oh, really? In his career, yeah, yeah. His, his hamstring injuries, and he said people like that do lots of sprints and stuff get them, but he reckons it was genetics from his dad. So uh, he, he knew his career wasn't going to be too long. Oh God, that must be daunting. Yeah, 
Yeah. I suppose I don't know if he had like a put put a time limit on himself. Yeah, but no, I, I suppose after like a first big injury, your hamstring, you're then thinking it's in the back of your mind, oh bloody hell, you know. Yeah, you see that with lots of players, don't you? Who's, you you like, do, yeah. Can affect you. Oh yeah. So um briefly skipping back then, so you've been watching Harry's Heroes, what else you've been doing uh in the lockdown in terms of uh recommendations, what we can watch, what we can listen to. So, um, obviously, I think you mentioned the group chat, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan um, documentary, which has been on Netflix. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, I think because, obviously, we don't watch NBA. Um, I mean, we, I knew the basics um, or, or who I know LeBron James. You know, I know who the rappers talk about. That's how I yeah hear about it. But um, it yeah, all makes sorry. sense now. Like, I heard a rap lyric the other day, like, off the rebound, Dennis Rodman. And that makes sense to me now. <laughs> and um 33 scotty pippin obviously that was his number he he wore and um yeah the documentary i think obviously michael jordan i i was thinking i was watching i was thinking this is the greatest sportsman athlete there's ever been in any sport yeah. and i was thinking this guy's squeaky clean but then obviously it come to fruition you know he did have a couple of little you know things about him and he his desire to win which obviously made him the greatest was i mean it did make his teammates i probably think you're a bit of a a-hole you know sometimes but obviously the greatest yeah i think you you respect that hard work i think yeah um, i was thinking about it and he is unbelievable and i think when you look at any other sportsman like real top of their field they're all they're all the same aren't they they've all got that in common where yeah yeah there's that desire to win but also that practicing over and over and over mm-hmm. again and just wanting to be the best so much that you don't do anything else with your time other than try and get better and you it see is, it with yeah. the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and I imagine he'll have a lot of the same ideas as Michael Jordan in terms of winning and and being the best in your field yeah exactly that's exactly who I was thinking of I was thinking you match that desire and drive and that they're obsessed with winning you you think of it in football terms it is yeah Ronaldo obviously is um who we looked because i was trying to sort of like get comparisons because i'm watching a few of the nba clips now on youtube uh, of steph curry who's he, he can literally throw <laughs> shoot the ball into the hoop from anywhere on the court it's literally like i can't believe this guy um and i was trying to think of like comparisons in football like you know would you compare one to ronaldo would you compare one to messi so um yeah literally they are incredible athletes you can in some ways, can't you, of course. But mm. even he says, no spoilers, but I think everybody knows he played baseball and he has yeah. to get his body a completely different type of fit for baseball and then again for basketball because you're using so many different muscles and that'd be the it, same with, with all different sports and that whatever. That was absolutely mental, wasn't it? You like to say no spoilers, but I mean the fact they said obviously when he started playing baseball they're saying he had a good run, then they said he was embarrassing. And then they said if he would have continued, he could have made it into Major League. And it's just a bit like, what the hell can't this guy do? Yeah, but they said, didn't they, he was coming in early, he was leaving late. He was, because people were saying he's not good enough. So yeah. he's like, I'm going to show him I'm, I'm good enough. Brilliant, and man. I remember the stories in, uh, from Man United where Eric Cantona used to be out after training, kicking a ball yeah. and doing practice. And then all the players like Beckham and Giggs and Skulls and that, used to start joining him and yeah, took no, yeah. the extra training with him. And it's no coincidence that they, they all ended up where they did. Exactly. I see um, Harry Redknapp was saying the other day about Lampard doing it 
in his West Ham days, he thought someone had jumped the fence, got into the training ground, but it was actually Frank Stanley doing shooting. Oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Thank you, mate. Need that desire, which is oh, yeah. uh, being uh, made evident by your, your bike rides. And your, oh, yeah, definitely. Running. That's um, definitely got me motivated. You know, uh, who knows how far away football is? You know, I hope it returns as quick as it can, you know. Um, but definitely watching those programmes, even Harry's Heroes, you know, exceptional TV. I was in, nearly in tears emotionally and then nearly in tears and laughter. Just, now, I'll be um, honest with you, Glenn. I haven't watched Harry's Heroes. You're probably going to be surprised and angry at me by that. Oh no, no mate, you, you, you're going to watch it. Well, you're going to you're going to sell it to me now. You're going to tell me a bit about oh. it, and I might go and watch it. From oh, what I understand, honestly. it's Harry Redknapp listing his favourite superheroes. <laughs> no, so no different. They, they, so Harry and John Barnes um, have drafted in ex England um, professionals. You know. Um, but just the ones they can get hold of, to be fair to them. So the likes of Ray Parler, Matt Letizia, yeah. Lee Hendry comes in and um, others, of course. But, you know, they can't get anyone and everyone to commit to the, the amount of games they're going to be playing because they do a couple of friendlies and they take on Germany in the final. OK, so Harry's got a team. Basically. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got a main um, core of players and then he drafts some... Um, like in this series, he drafts in a car. I don't want to give it away in case you haven't seen it, but he drafts some names in and it's brilliant view and honestly um, gets some characters in. And obviously the main core lads. Aside. Yeah, it's 11 aside. Um, and um, yeah, they also do personal stories of um, of the players and what they've been through. And it's it really gets you emotionally because, you know, you think these players, your idols, you look up to are invincible and, you know, they're just going to live a wealthy life after football and be rich. But yeah. that's actually not always the case. And, you know, they go through a lot of things. So it's it's brilliant to watch. Yeah, no, that's that's really good um, that they do that, actually, because especially these days with Instagram and everything else, there's such a, a I don't know, like a false expectation for everyone. Yeah, like, definitely. That everybody else is doing better than you. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Footballers is like one of the dream jobs. Most mm. young young boys growing up want to be a footballer, and to know that they they still get uh, problems like everybody else, you mm-hmm. know, is, oh, is yeah. important for people to know. Because you look at these people and you think, why you know why are they so different? But they're not. Yeah. They just exactly do something different to you. Hundred mm, percent. But it's, uh, I, yeah, Last Dance was was absolutely brilliant, man. Got got me motivated as well. Do, do you think um, it's connected to so many other people getting out and getting off their ass during the, the pandemic? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at all because it really motivated me. I want to be, um, I want to be like Mike. I want to be the Sunday League <laughs> Michael Jordan, mate, or um, yeah. Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman. The whole it's Steve Kerr. I mean. The whole team, I just feel like a, a legends. But of course, Michael is is the man and the greatest yeah. sportsman. You probably um, resemble Kerr a little bit more than <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say I, I look a bit more like Steve Kerr, but um, <laughs> he's um, he's actually um, the ma- manager, well, coach they call him. They're of um, the Golden State Warriors, who are a very successful basketball team. Steph Curry plays for now. Ah, yeah, yeah, I've heard of so, him. Yeah, so he's um he's doing well, Steve Kerr, and I loved it when uh, oh no spoilers, but I loved it when he had his moment. Yeah, bless him, deserved it. He did. He had a tough life as well. Oh, 
yeah, that, that got me choked up a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. We won't go into too much because uh, I don't think everyone's seen all of them. Mm. I've watched all of them now. I don't know about you. Same, yeah. I've got <laughs> proper binge proper there. Proper yeah. I think it's good timing, really, because um, this is a time where we need a bit of motivation, I think. Mm, 100%. I um, also, obviously, seeing the boys, um, seeing what Scott's been doing, that really motivated me. Because I was seeing him and him doing all his hard work and his fitness, yeah. and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a machine. I better get get going so that's inspired me obviously i know john carr's a, a machine um he can run for days and all the other boys as well that have been going out getting fit yeah oh, i totally agree and I'd, I'd love to i like try and figure out these things these trends and try and figure out you know why now why are people mm. changing their routines now and not and not before but there's always different factors aren't there and i think one that documentary helped because yeah. Like you say, you want to be like Mike. Lots of mm. people do now. Lots of people are like, shit, that, you know, it's cool to, to be good at what you do and to try yeah. hard, be committed. Definitely. And uh, that's, that's a really good message. The other thing is because we've been so isolated as well, people have started to notice how important it is for your mental health to go out and do running and stuff because uh, it does actually yeah. make you feel better. Like. So much better. Like um, when I get back from a jog or a cycle, I just feel like I've, I've you know, I've put in some work today. Um, and it, not only physically, like you say, for your mental health, it, um, yeah, it really clears your mind. Because I think a lot of us, you know, work full time jobs and stuff like that, so we're very distracted. Mm. But because we got to a point where a lot of our distractions were taken away from us, we had to look at ourselves and say, oh, what a feel a bit better, want to look a bit better, yeah, want to have a better season next year, whatever it may be. Hmm. Gave us that time to think about it, maybe. Oh, spot on, yeah. So, uh, back to, to Mini Glenn in his little football days. You were very loyal for Burnham Juniors, is it right? You played there for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. the age of 6 till 16. Me and uh, Tom Park. Um... You should have retired your shirt number after that. <laughs> they should have. Um, yeah, we were there for 10 years. Um, yeah, I, uh, a lot of good memories, a lot of, um, a lot of things, you know, you wish could have been a bit different. Like we were, we were always that team, Burnham Blues. We were a very good team, very good players, but we were always the nearly team. Mm. Cup finals, runners up, um, leagues, third or fourth, sometimes second, you know, it, we were that team. Um, but yeah, no, brilliant bunch of uh, lads. I, I still know a few, got them on Instagram or whatnot. And also um, the manager, uh, Karen and Roy Gums, well, they're brilliant and um, will always be family friends, even their boys, Nathan and Jordan. I've done a bit of coaching with Nathan Richardson, uh, Karen's son, um, a few years after, obviously, um, Burnham Blues folded, and that was good. Did you have, uh, what were your favourite moments? Good memories? Scored oh, yeah. Important goals? Yeah, one stands out. Um, so, you know, um, when you go into 11 aside, I think, is it when we turn 12? We, you go into 11 aside? It's around uh, that. I can't yeah. remember specifically, but it sounds about right. And at Cherry Orchard, there's that pitch on the far right. You know where the clubhouse is? On the far right there, there's a there's a, that pitch, the junior pitch, and it's slightly smaller. Well, actually quite a bit smaller. And um, that's where you start your 11 aside games, right? Quick story about that shack. My... Uh... My friend used to live in that little shack. 
What clubhouse sort of thing? Cherry Orchard. Yeah, it's just like a little tiny shack, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the next door to the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> My mate used to live in there. And we used to have parties there all the time. No way. And uh, Boggle, that was mentioned in the group earlier, turned up to the party once and let off some tear gas in there. <laughs> <laughs> what the? And we all had to evacuate. I know, that's man- that is mental. No, I was outside when it happened. I was actually there when uh, England went out on penalties in Euro 2004. Ah, Portugal. Uh, drunk out my mind in Cherry Orchard, just lying on the grass. Just <laughs> my eyes out. Emotional mess. Devastated. <laughs> oh, mate, that's horrible. Oh, sorry, mate, I didn't give you my memorable moment for um, uh, the blues in them 10 years. Sorry, mate. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, I interrupted no, you. Mate. That's all right, that's all right. Um, so the moment that sticks out, right, is a cup game on that small pitch, junior pitch. I'm playing up top and um, it is. It, I think we're drawing and it's a cup game. And I'm pretty sure it's Tom Park. He's playing it right back. He, he's he got techers on him. He's lofted, he's ping, he sent a ping over the top when I'm in clear on goal last minute. Keeper's come rushing out. I've lobbed the keeper and it's gone in. And that was the best moment, I would say, of my Burnham Blues junior careers getting us through. I think it was, we've just gone through to the quarterfinals, whatnot. But that was it because it was a last minute goal. It was a lob over the keeper. And I remember everyone on the sidelines going mad, people coming up to me afterwards, rubbing my head. <laughs> you know, like that was that's a standout moment for me. Um, that it. one there. So, what kind of player were you then? What did you see yourself as? If you could look back now and see what, what kind of player you were, what would you say you were? So, I was always a striker until about 13 or 14. I started playing centre mid and up front, like they'd rotate me. Um, so, I think I've done a, done a job or two on the wings once or twice, but mainly as a striker. Then mainly centre mid, and then they just rotated me um, wherever they needed um, in either of those positions. Um, but yeah, as we got older, um, I probably had my best season when when we done that transition on that smaller pitch. And then as we got older, we brought in some more players, got more competitive, and um, and yeah, I, I didn't play as much as I was and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I was in and out of the team. So, so yeah. What do you think that was? Um, competition for places. Um, they were bringing in more players. Um, and I remember having a chat with them a couple of times. Like, I can't, why am I on the bench so much? Um, you know, and Roy said to me, too, he said, look, I really rate you as a person, as a player. I don't, because I was thinking of joining the Reds, um, Scott and Reese's team and Elliot and Jay's. I went for a few training sessions with them and I was going to join the Reds, right? And then Roy just said to me, look, Rave, I want you here. I know you're not getting as much as you want, but, you know, it's football, unfortunately. And I did decide to stay with the Blues um, until... So that was when I was about 14, 13, 14. I stayed for the uh, two years. And, yeah, it, you know, it happens, doesn't it? I was talking to Scott the other day. It happened to Philip Neville at Man United. I mean, I'm not comparing myself to Phil Neville. Well, I am, sort of, but... <laughs> but it happened. I, I saw. I watched the match of the day the other night, and it was Phil Neville's episode. And he said, you know, he was in and out of the team for years, playing here, there, and everywhere. He went up to Fergie. He said, "You've just brought in Cleberson and I think it was Jemba Jemba, who are ahead of me. What's going on?" And Fergie said, "Look, I'm sorry, mate. You know, I love you to bits. It's probably best you do move on for the good of your career." And you know, mm. he just went to to another team, and um, you know, that's football, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that's what what happened. Um, but yeah, obviously I kept going, kept giving it 100%. What did you do eventually? You moved? Or did you? 
you know, yeah, no, I stuck it out until we were 16 and the team just, um, that was it. The team, um, once you get to 16, I think all those teams just kind of um, go yeah. into the history okay. books. Did you, you carried on when I played for Burnham Youth, did you? Yeah. Yes, so there was sorry, mate. There, you did mention it. Andy Morris and Jeff Jeffries. What a name, by the way. That's <laughs> such a brilliant name. Obviously, the chairman yeah, of Burnham. Yeah. He's a nice guy. It, him and Andy um, decided after obviously the Burnham blues, yellows, and reds um, dissolved. There was we were still hanging about, thinking where we're going to play our football, and um, they put together a league for um, 16, 17 year olds, and. Um, the team was massive. I kid you not, Lewis. I think there's about 30 players in this team from the reds, blues and yellows, right? Yeah. And um, it was on a rotation basis. So, like, again, I was in and out of the team, but everyone was. <laughs> there wasn't, like, a standard start 11. But um, we'd done that. I can't even remember seeing out the season, if I'm being honest, because um, I don't know what happened. I think it just kind of... I don't know if there was that many teams um, in it, but we, I remember playing quite a few games, um, bagged a couple of goals, missed a couple of sitters, as you do. Um, <laughs> but that was a good laugh. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it was an odd one because we had so many players. Um, but yeah, and then I, um, around the same time, I got into Burnham Youth through, um, through Barlow. And, th- and this is where it gets funny, but the introduction of Mick Woodham, um, what a legend. Um, so obviously, as you know, Barlow was playing for Burnham Youth. I go down to watch him play and uh, Mick Wooden's the manager and I know Mick. I first met Mick when I was about 10, 11 because my dad knew him. I think they worked for the same company and Mick come around to do the banister on our stairs. He's a chippy, <laughs> he's a carpenter. And um, I remember it as clear as day, mate, because that day I was so bored. You know, when you're young and you've got nothing to do, you're just playing PlayStation. I put FIFA halves on 45 minute halves. Oh yeah, I, I've done that before. Yeah, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it right. And I remember Mick um, was doing the stairs, and he said, um, "You know, are you doing your right?" I said, "Yeah, you." And he mentioned he's got a boy my age, Elliot, nice lad, um, centre back, good player, and um, he played for our rivals, Burnham Blues rivals, uh, New Windsor. Was it New Windsor Swallows? I think. Uh, anyway, um, w- Windsor. And uh, Mick said, yeah, my boy plays for them. And they were our rivals. And then, obviously, next thing I know, Mick's managing Windsor. So the next time I see him, it's on the football pitch. And um, like I say, when I was 12 or 13, I was starting and, you know, slotted a few home against him. And it was good. But then when we got to 13, 14, Windsor dominated. They were um, so strong. Um, Mick had really got a good team there. And they were like the United of our league you know, back then, um, just dominant. They used to win it every year. We used to come trailing behind them. It was always a close game when we played them, but they'd, they'd always edge it. They just they just played football nicely. You know, Mick had them drilled well. And his um, his coaching method, as we're about to find out, is tough love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're about to find out. Um, but um, So that was a story of how I knew Mick. So then at Burnham Youth, I've gone down to watch Barlow, and I think Nathan was in the team. And after the game, in the clubhouse, they have sausage and chips for the players. And I've snuck in there. I'm eating the sausage and chips, and I'm loving it. Um, <laughs> I'm loving it. And um, I go up to me. You're right, Mick, how's it going? And he looks at me. When are you coming down to play for me then? And I've gone, what? He's gone, yeah, yeah, I want you to come down training. I want you to join us. And I thought, oh, what's going on in here? Like, I did not expect it. Anyway, so I'm obviously excited. 
gone training a few times. Um, you know, it's been eventful. Um, the training <laughs> sessions. Gone to play for nice Uncle Mick, who's about to turn out. <laughs> Not so nice. <laughs> so I'll actually give you some um, examples of the training session, of one or two little stories from the training sessions. And um, Barlow was there, obviously. And um, <laughs> Mick has a go at me, right? He doesn't like something I've done. I may have given the ball away, which is unlike me, but, you know, it happens. And, uh, you know, because I like to keep it tidy. And he's gone into me. He's ripped me. Obviously, tough love. He wants me to get better, you know. And um, Barlow's turned around and Barlow's gone, Mick, it's a bit strong, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, this Barlow is the realest. Like he's my best, closest, best mate. One of you know the boys, and he's come out swinging for me. He's like Mick, it's a bit strong in it, and I couldn't believe it. But I just stood there, and Mick's like tore into Barlow, like absolutely ripped him, and um, like effing and jeffing and whatnot. And Barlow, anyway, we carried on, and Mick said, "You know what? Well done, you've um, you got better, and so and so." And then it was back to tough love. You know that's how we operated. Um, honestly, it's brilliant. So. Sorry, just need a swig of water. <sighs> Absolutely going into one here. Yeah, it's, um, like it, it's very warm. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm sat in this car. It's like a sauna. Got the door open. I mean, no one's listening. But um, <laughs> so I'm on the bench for Mick Woodham's Burnham Youth, right? And some games I get there and he's, he's reading out the 16 man squad and he's gone, right, I've brought one, two men in this week. Glenn, you're not in the squad today. And I'll be like, <sighs> I've travelled all the way up to bloody Amersham, Chesham, mate. (laughs) You know, obviously he he drove the bus, but I'd rather stay. Anyway, the stories um, (laughs) that came, nevertheless, were brilliant because um, he was just amazing. Um, So obviously I'm on the bench. Sometimes I'm not even getting into the squad. Anyway, me and Barlow walking up to the changing rooms just outside Burnham Football Club, right? Mick Woodham's come out. He's got the team sheet in his hand. He's looked at me and Barlow. We've gone all right, Mick. He's gone, Glenn, you're starting up front tonight. I've looked at him. Barlow's looked at me. I've gone, what? Really? He goes, nah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, what? What? I swear to God, my head dropped, Lewis. Barlow was pissing himself. My head dropped. I've just gone into the chain rooms thinking, oh, I'll just uh. take it on the chin, Glenn. You know, it's, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, he, um, he was funny, man. I, I'll give him that. And um, I think, to make matters worse, I'm on the bench, obviously, in this game. And at half-time, I thought I'd be nice and I'd bring the water bottles in for the team as we walk from the bench over to the tunnel. And there's this lad in the um, stands who's a bit of a name round Slough. And he, I played against him. He used to play for Slough. Um, and he's in the stands, right, with all the boys, all like the the road men and the bad man, you know, um, that type of group, right? Yeah. And he's with a girl who I was message, who we were messaging at the time, you know, and I think we had a little fling, a little, you know, school fling, me and this girl. So she's in the stands with him. And as I'm walking over the water bottles to the, to the tunnel, he stood up in front of everyone. He's gone... Hi everyone, look, it's the water boy. <laughs> and I'm just oh. like, oh, you, oh, keep your head down, Glenn. <laughs> Everyone's cracking up, and you know, it's literally a nightmare. But um, yeah, I mean, those those are the type of things that happened. And um, the one time my own Burnham Youth appearance came at the um, Tame Stadium. You know, we played Tame the other month. You remember? Uh. Yeah. At the ASM, there's Did a stadium. There? 
didn't it? Yeah, we, we played in the playing fields behind it. Oh, yeah, we did. You're right. Our last game, our very last game. and yeah, um, behind it, yeah. There's a stadium there, and that's where I made my only appearance in Berlin Youth. And um, we get to the game against Tame, right? I'm on the bench. Um, our star striker, George Gould, I think he's still playing now. He, he was quality for Windsor. He was a striker that always scored. Like bloody Lewandowski. Every time we played, he scored against us, <laughs> right? And um, he's, he's a star striker for Berlin Youth, of course, because Mick's managing it. You know, he's brought all the Windsor boys over with a mixture of everyone else. And um, first 10 minutes, what does George Gould do? Get sent off. <laughs> uh. it, it was over something stupid as well. I was on the bench thinking, he didn't need to do that. He's a great player. You know, that's probably our best player, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, down to 10 men within the, first, uh, within the first 10 minutes. I think we're 2-0 down. And I remember at half-time, it was one of the only times I got to go on the pitch and shoot in the goal, and it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah, because all the other pitchers, they got farty about and didn't let you. And um, about 20 minutes left, we're two down, I think, two or three nil down. You know, the game's done dusted. You know, the boys are knackered. Mick's throwing me on. And um, I've, I've come on with a bit of energy. I'm, I'm playing tidy. I'm getting the ball, passing it, moving, passing, moving. And I've had a good little spell. I've had a good 20 minutes. I've been, you know, given a good account of myself. Nice and tidy. And um, we go in the change rooms after. And Mick Woodham is absolutely going hell for leather at everyone. He's gone round the change room. How do you think you played? Shit. How do you think you played? Shit. And he's like pointing his finger at, to everyone at this. And he's going around. How do you think you played? Shit. And it's come to me. He goes, Glenn, how do you think you played? And I looked at him and I went, well, to be fair, Mick, I, I think I've done all right when I come on. <laughs> and he looked at me. He looked at me and uh, he went, yeah, to be fair, you come on. You've done all right, Glenn. And everyone started laughing. And as soon as someone laughed, Mick went to the next person. How do you think you played? Shit. And I was honestly loving it. I never got an appearance after that. Or um, I think that was probably the last time I played. Oh, so funny, though. Yeah, brilliant story. You couldn't story. deny that. He was like, yeah, you know, you did play well. Yeah. No how much you wanted to have a go at you. Yeah. It was like, fair enough, you come on. You you were decent. But, um, yeah, that's it. His, his uh, method was... Um, you know, tough love. And he went on to manage Windsor men's and done all right. He was there for, I only think recently, I don't know if he's gone back. He, I saw in the paper he'd left, but he was doing all right. So a uh, fair play to him. And, you yeah, know, good. even though those stories are tough love, you still got um, respect for him. I hope he's yeah. doing well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one of the, one of the uh, listeners questions actually, which we'll just go to straight away mm. uh, while we're on the topic was uh, what was the best ever team talk for Mr. Woodham? that you can remember? Oh, what was the best team? <laughs> Not as in motivational, inspirational team talks, I'm afraid. But this Yeah, maybe talk... just the most memorable before yeah, whatever oh, reason. <laughs> so Barlow, bless him, right? Barlow, as we all know, is a quality player. And these games in Burnham Youth were not easy. You were going into these games, I was watching the boys play, and it was just literally like, it was literally big tackles, you know, massive pitches, People were getting smashed left, right and centre. It was hard. The tempo was much higher than what it used to. So Barley's had a couple of games where things have not gone his way, right? He's playing left mid. I think he gave away a penalty in the last game. We're getting to Burnham into the Gore changing rooms. Mick Woodham, he's looked at Barlow in front of the whole squad. He's gone, Barlow, I don't see your contribution to this team the last few games. You've been very poor. And I'm sat there like trying not to gawp. Like, oh my God, is he really going to do this? Like, 
he's still starting him left mid. He, he knows his quality, but obviously this is a tough love mentality. We've come to know. And um, Barlow's obviously a bit upset. That's not the way to manage Barlow. You know, um, he was trying his hardest and everyone gives away a penalty. You know, he didn't do it on purpose. Mm. And then he's gone to Luke Carroll, who is a brilliant footballer. Um, he's gone, if I had 11 Luke Carrolls, I would be very happy. If I had 11 Luke Carrolls, but I've got people like you who aren't, you know, pulling your weight. And I always remember that. And Barlow was just like, vex. And I was like, I can't believe he's just ripped him in front of the whole team. And that was the most memorable team talk I can uh, remember from Mr. Woodham. What a bastard. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> so was this at the end of the game? That was at the beginning, mate. That was uh, the pre-match <laughs> team talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what happened in the game. I can't remember. But, I was um, going to say, how did he respond? It wasn't oh, just me or Barlow, though. I know you, I'm giving you my perspective. It's because I remember them. It, it, no, that was it, method, you know, tough love. Yeah, it was um, It was tough love. And he, he, he's obviously gone on to do men's football at Windsor. So um, you can't have done him that, that much harm, you know. That's a tried and tested style, mate. Exactly. Yeah. Look, Fergie had the uh, hairdryer. Yeah, let me look at Roy Keane. <laughs> I mean, I know he's <laughs> not the greatest manager at the moment, but he... Uh, yeah, had a successful career built out of being tough and uh, being dedicated. Oh, he was um, he done well with Sunderland when he managed them. He did, yeah. I, I can't remember who said it, but Reese was Reese. I was talking to Reese the other day, and someone said that Roy Keane will be like one of the best managers, but he just needs that right opportunity and that right, yeah, yeah. that right owner that's gonna that's gonna look yeah. after it. Well, people say that Mourinho's a bit of a bastard, you know, when he gets in your... That's because he's trying to get the best out of players. Like, look at that Ndombele come out slating him. Next yeah. thing you know, Ndombele's been linked with Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, what? But, um, yeah, you know, managers are brilliant. They make for brilliant content as a, as we're sharing now as well. So, um, it's all part and parcel, isn't it? They certainly do. Very fascinating people. So, uh Men's football then, Glenn. So you, you finished uh, Burnham Youth. Mm-hmm. Did you go straight into playing men's football or did you have a break for a little while? So I had a break up until my 21st. So I was probably about 18, 17, 18. And I had a break for a couple of years. And then when I was 21, at my 21st birthday party, my mates Hayden and Luke, who I knew from Burnham Blues, at my party, they said, come down to Langley Merrymakers on a Sunday morning. So um, I pitch up at Langley and... Um, I think I stayed there for two and a half seasons. I loved it. I loved um, the gaffers. Um, we had old Pete, God rest his soul. And we had Granty. And um, Pete was the brains. And Granty was um, one of the lads said he's a, he'd do anything for the team. He was brilliant. He organised it all. To be fair to him, he got us a pitch and got us involved with the league and that. And they were they were lovely. Love them to bits. Um, that Langley Merrymakers team, obviously, as Scott was saying and his. I brought in Scott and Barlow and um, I think Tommy O'Toole and I think Scott got Dan Kingham involved Agent um, Glenn yeah so obviously we all done our bit to get a team because obviously it was um, there was a core of players there who were, who were nice lads good lads but it was very much sometimes players just did not turn up they'd be out on the night sesh or whatnot. Yeah. so it was a struggle for players and um, I loved the Merrymakers we got to a cup final um, oh I'm surprised did Barlow tell the story? I don't think he did. Did I put it in his YouTube video of his podcast in the semi-final against Raysbury, right? He weren't the worst team. Barlow where, the... He mentioned the semi-final where he got subbed and he's fuming. Oh, no, that was the final. Um, oh, OK. So in the semi, to get to that final, 
we take a throw in from the right hand side of the pitch. Barlow, he's, he's cut in on his left from about 35 yards, right? And he sent a shot into the, the P of the top corner, you know, the stanchion. Nice, yeah. And it took us through to the final. And obviously, I now know why he got so um, upset when he got subbed in the final, because he was one of our better players. Um, I think in the final, though, obviously, we were getting spanked. We lost uh, 7-1 in the end. We had two players sent off. Um, Grant, he went in goal, bless him, and um, tried his best. Um, but Barlow was one of our better players, yeah, and he scored in the final as well, a free kick, and then they subbed him. But I thought it was one of those ones where, oh, there's only 15, 20 minutes to go, um, yes. give Willa run out in the final, and we've already lost it. And then the week after, I was ringing Barlow, like, where are you? And he was ignoring my calls, and I, I, I only recently found out years later <laughs> he, was, he was upset, and I can understand that. <laughs> oh, that was uh, an exclusive from the podcast, was it? The, yeah, that was um, news to me, yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, PGM podcast with the latest uh, exclusives. <laughs> Five years down the line. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Langley and Merrymakers, we had young Pete, who um, who is obviously runs Langley Saturday team, and he'd sometimes manage our Sunday team and get involved with the Sunday lads. And what he'd do is, if he liked you as a person, as a player, he'd ask you to play for the Saturday team. And um, Langley Saturdays, I had a four-month stint at because he he started a team with Dino, his best mate. He started a first team and a reserve team. And me and Scott were in the first team, right, all through pre-season. Scott was a goalkeeper. I, I played in mid, no, I played wing-back for him. I remember I put him in shifts and throughout pre-season, I thought, this is going well. You know, this is a good level of football. They were good players. I was on a good team. Yeah. And then the first day of the season come. And he said, Glenn, you're going in the reserves with Dino's team. Scott's staying in the in the first team. And I think Scott pulled up with an injury that, that day, so he couldn't play for the first. Or, yeah. But I played in the resis, and then Scott got drafted in a couple of times for the resis. And um, obviously, Pete had asked Barlow to come down. But Barlow was working as an estate agent on um, around these times, so he couldn't make the Saturdays. And... Um, we played for I played for Langley Saturdays for a few months, but it was a it was a real mixture of lads, like a proper all sort um, arrangement of like yeah, just fling him in here, fling him in there, and it, we didn't have a set team, we didn't have any idea. But <laughs> the Britwell boys are, are going to love this one. We beat the mighty Britwell. <laughs> we beat the mighty Britwell. Right, I was playing right wing. Um, Tom Hennessy was at left back, my be- one of my best mates. Um, Baker was up top for Britwell. Um, Matty Hartshorn would have been playing. You know, all the boys were playing for Britwell and they, they'd won the league. Um, and I was thinking, well, oh, these boys are going to roll us over here. You know, I'm, I'm not in the, the best of uh, teams, as in the players are all, all some of the players are all right. Um, some of them, yeah. <laughs> but um, I remember clearing a header off the line. We've gone 1 0 up on the counter and I think we scored a second on the counter and I'm thinking oh my days we're rolling out they were having a frustrating day they're having a real frustrating time but well um, trying to score and then I think Baker scored a penalty in the last minute and we won 2-1 and oh, um, nice. that, that that was um, the standout moment for Langley Saturdays because after about four months I left because um, we played a cup game 120 minutes I scored my penalty in the, and we got through and the next game he's pulled me and he said right I'm dropping you today and I thought, okay. And he kept giving the last twenty, and then I didn't, I didn't play for them again. Um, also, that had some part in me also getting called up for the first team. Right, I go down to the first team game around the same time, 
um, or probably just before I got dropped because I was still, you know, giving it 100%. I went to the first team game. It was a horrible day. It was Langley first team against Ivor Heath, which is literally Stoke City versus oh. Stoke City. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, literally, you're getting seven shades of shit kicked out of you, you know. Um, so I run the line for 90 minutes. I've paid my five pound subs. Um, so I've gone up to um, Pete. I actually got my ass pinched on the sideline by one of the Ivor fans as well. And I was thinking about his sexual assault, but you know, I just smiled and laughed. <laughs> but, yeah, no, complaints of the league, mate. I go into the, yeah, I go into the um, pub afterwards. I go, all right, Pete, can I have my five pound back? And he hustles up one of his mates and says, here's your five mate. And then, Obviously, then I got drops, and it was just becoming a bit like, oh, you know, I'm getting walked over here, walked all over yeah, here. So um, politics. So I left the Saturdays, continued with the Sundays until I was about 23. Yeah, until I was about 23. So I spent two and a half years there, and um, yeah, then I stopped playing for a few years. And now you're back. Yeah, baby, PGM. <laughs> so you came back, uh, started playing six aside, didn't you? You're part of the six aside team. Yeah. So. I um I remember when I was about it all started with A B C D E F C. <laughs> we yeah, got did, Reese yeah. to thank for that name. So um way <laughs> before then, when I was like eighteen, I was missing football and the boys obviously had just left school and I messaged Reese and I said, Reese, knowing that he'd get it started. <laughs> yeah. I messaged Reese and said, Reese, what do you think about getting the lads together for a, a five aside down at Burn Upper? Bang, me, him, Elliot J, Scott in goal. First game. Burn them up, we smashed this team to bits. I scored about five or six. Um, it, we were screaming hashtag get Reese a goal because he was the only one that hadn't scored, and he did. And we, yeah, <laughs> we, we carried that on. Um, obviously, to, it moved over to Grammar. We become PGM. We got um, Barlow, Jack Snowden, loads of people involved, um, banking them. And yeah, we we probably stayed together, what, three, at least three years, what, three or four years? Yeah, so well, that was, there was at least three. I'm sure there was at least three seasons at um, Braywick because oh, yeah, we were rivals we with just wiping our bums for about three years. Yeah, so after that, we took a break for like a year or two and then we got back into it at Braywick, didn't we? That's and, true, yeah, because yeah, I remember Barlow and Scott used to always say, oh, I really want to start it up again. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'll tell you what's ironic and not not <laughs> not the greatest. When we played at Upper and Grammar, we'd always f- finish second to... These boys are a good team, but we had the beating of them a couple of times until the final few games. They, they just ran away with it and smacked us up. Um, we'd always come second in the league, and once we come second on goal difference. And we were oh. fuming. We were like, how have we come second to these boys? And uh, again, and then we moved over to Braywick, and we become second to just wiping our bums. And uh, they were really good, though, weren't they? <laughs> they, they, yeah. sort of, oh. they went unbeaten for like three years or something. We, we gave them the closest games. I remember it. We sat behind the ball. We, we went like 2-0 up and then they'd come back and win 3-2. And you, me and you were on a sideline. Like, Remember that geezer? He, he said, um, what did he say, Lewis? We were on the bench. Is it in your we... face? <laughs> I remember it well. And we looked at him, me and you, and, and you said something like, um, well done, Grant, mate. And he was well embarrassed, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> You could tell he just went straight back into his shell, but it was like, I felt embarrassed for him. His emotions Same. got the better of him. Same. They? Obviously, we all know, you know, bless him. But <laughs> I, uh, from that day, I, I felt like they weren't honourable champions, you know, to, to act the way they did. You know, they're yeah. all nice to us. And as soon as yeah. they started going behind, 
They were putting in bad tackles. They were having to go at the ref. Yeah. Complaining, yeah. shouting at each other. And then they won and then they were rubbing it in your face. And it's like, that's, that's shitty, man. Like, yeah, that know, is. You're right. I could, you could be the best at something, but don't be a dick about it. And don't yeah. start crying when you lose because everybody loses sometimes. Exactly. And they, after that, I lost a lot of respect for them because I, I knew they were a really good team, but I thought the way they acted after they won was like, yeah, I, I expected um, a bit better, actually. So their star player, obviously, we called him um, Ramirez. Obviously, free chairs for Ramirez. He was brilliant. And I spoke to the captain of this Just Working Our Bums and he said, yeah, believe it or not, he, he's come over from Portugal. He used to play for Sporting Lisbon youth, you know. Yeah. And he... He was sensational, just like energy, skill. And I lost a little respect when he scored a Rabona against us, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> he went through on goal, right? And he scored a Rabona, and I thought, come you on, mate. Yeah. yeah. But no, he, um, he had trials at Maidenhead, played a couple of games for Maidenhead United, I saw on, on Facebook one time. Yeah, he works in Sainsbury's in Taplow. I always see him. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, he's probably a nice lad. He's a great footballer. Yeah, very good footballer. Yeah. So, uh, so we did that. Lots of rumours going on for many years about an eleven-a-side team. PGM yeah. would finally uh, cross over into the eleven-a-side world, and we did. Yeah. Um, did we? Yeah, we did. Used to film the uh, the games, didn't we? A little bit back in oh. the six-a-side days. So I got the camera right. This is how it starts. Scott tells me about the Dons. SE Dons on YouTube and mm. I'm watching SE Dons and I'm thinking wow Sunday League football I've been a fool for missing it for not playing it we've all been foolish Sunday League football is brilliant obviously the Dons <laughs> got me back into it and I thought you know what we've got some characters in our team and potential I'm gonna get the camera out and we're gonna we're gonna start you know recording our games here and there and, and see um, if it makes good content and um, I got the camera and the first practice run I done with the Wednesday night um, lads at Whistle reorganises it. I went down and recorded a couple games they done, mm. and you know that that was my like learning of how to do things. I also had help from my, my mate Luke at Whistle, who done a lot of the editing, added to score lines in some music in the background, which I'm not able to do on my editor because um, what I'm using is basically the bottom of the price range. Unfortunately, I couldn't put any money in. I had to get obviously the cheapest, so um, I haven't got the best editor. But you know, it does a decent job, a decent enough job, and. Um, I come down to the six-a-side game at um, Braywick, right? All the boys are there. We're playing crime scene boys. And um, they've got this lad on their team, a proper geezer. Um, there's a couple of rumours going round about what he'd had before the game um, to make him <laughs> act the way he was. Anyway, I'm up in the hut take videoing, and then my camera goes because, obviously, as a learning curve, I learned that I'd, my memory card was full. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> I've gone down with a camera around my neck and he's looking at me and he's spanked a few over the bar, like out of, out of the stadium. Like, and he's, he's looked at me, you yeah, I better not see any of this on social media. And I'm like, I said, chill, mate. I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going to embarrass anyone. Um, if I do put anything anywhere and, um, he can't after the game. And he jabbed me a couple of times in the arms, like as to say, you better not put that on social media. Da, da, da. And he punched me and I laughed nervously. And I said, uh, what about if I just put the one or two up mucking around? <laughs> he was off his nuts, so um, that made me a bit uh, <laughs> bit anxious. But, you know, uh, yeah, we did that one. And then, obviously, the next one was our pre-season as an 11-a-side team. And, um, yeah, it, obviously, the boys love it. I, I love doing it. It's just um, the time and, um, obviously, having someone on the sideline, having the boys on the sideline clued up on what to do. 
Mm. And, um, you know, the emotions run so high, especially with us, because everyone's so determined to put on a shirt and give 100%. Sometimes when you're on the bench, you know, you don't want to... um, you don't want to uh, record sometimes, especially when we're losing. But unfortunately, we we had to because we missed a couple of goals that that um, last time. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a tough job, isn't it? It's one of those things that you have to do really thoroughly, or you can't really do it at all because it doesn't come out very well. Mm. And it's very tricky. I think it'd be a lot easier if we had someone that like a dedicated cameraman <laughs> for every week. But you know, no oh, one's really yeah. going to do that. No, uh, I think I've been thinking about it and um, I would, obviously there's a few people, Yang can do it, I can do it. Um, I'm going to show the boys and yourself, obviously, how to uh, change the memory card and battery. And, you know, I know people are good as gold because everyone has taken their turns in, in recording. I know sometimes it can get a bit long, but um, at the end of the day, it makes for uh, for great content for us. And um, I'm just uh, gutted for Barlow because obviously the game he scored his first two goals, we missed both his goals. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was down to lack of training, wasn't it? Yeah, that was um Jay Farley um was chatting to you know, Jack Snowden was on the camera and Jay Farley was chatting to him, so he missed it, and then the second one the, the battery went. And oh, um yeah. But you know, that also makes for a good laugh, you know. And people were saying to me, um, I love the banter you boys have on the sideline. Um I actually enjoy these. I, don't get me wrong. I know some people are probably looking at it and looking like these guys are wannabes. They're trying too hard to be the Dons. Um, you know, they're trying to be th- this and that. But everyone's entitled to their opinion. You know, I just enjoyed it. And I know the boys enjoyed it as well. And I think we're going to obviously look to continue to do that uh, next season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think there's always a little bit of a worry of looking like a prima donna if you turn yeah. up with a camera. Yeah, but definitely. For us, I know that it's it's all about the enjoyment of it same mm. even goes for the podcast like you know who do you think you are doing a podcast yeah <laughs> a Sunday league team mate but it's not about that it's about because we're a group of mates and we're making memories and they're fun but it's also football which is the competitive side of what we do mm. but then at the same time we want to have something else we can enjoy have a laugh look back on it so I don't think there's anything wrong with that I don't either I think um obviously like I said to you I'm not using the best equipment um and sometimes I was having to whisper into the mic when I was trying to do commentary. And, you know, obviously my commentary wasn't the best. And sometimes um, I'd get people in with Barlow. I had good feedback with Barlow and Reese. I was like, yeah, you can bounce off people. But I couldn't get to people's houses or they couldn't get to mine to do it. So it was a bit like, are we trying to force the issue? And maybe, you know, like you say, I, I could just record it and we can add our own stuff, you know, at the pub afters or whatnot for extra content. But I think the football does enough talking. Um, on the sidelines, we have some great um, some great content, you know, with uh, the likes of John Carr, who'd done a bit of recording before he signed yeah. on for us. He he was coming out with some cracking, <laughs> well, some odd stuff. But oh, really... I also loved it, that game where we played Hazelmere and Will the Lino. The opposite, yeah. on the opposite team he loved it he was he was giving us great you know a great laugh and uh, but like you say some people you go and it would be like i couldn't imagine of taking the camera to that game against beaconsfield mate i'll tell you that <laughs> no no wouldn't have made it got, alive that's what i mean <laughs> we might so, have needed uh, it to give to the police <laughs> yeah mate some of them challenges were uh so awful the one on sean at the end oh my god i mean 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there is obviously people who are going to look at you like Wickham, um, Wickham Marsh, like the, the lad with the top knot made a comment to Jay. He was like, you lot film your games, you know, as to say, you know, who do you think you are? But um, Jay kindly reminded him that he had AK-47 on his back. <laughs> so, yeah. e- so each and to their own, you know, yeah, so each to their own, you know, um, obviously some people will look into what we're doing and think, yeah you know, who do they think they are, but then it is each to their own. Some people enjoy it. That's it, man. You can't control what other people think. Exactly. And, uh, if you know what you're doing is all right and you're doing it for the right reasons, then fuck them. Something that's similar. My missus is watching something on Netflix the other night and it, I can't remember what it's called. It's about these women, yeah, and I was like, I've seen this a million times before. It's so cringy and cheesy, Jay. And she was like, no, I love it. And I thought to myself, oh, fair enough, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah it's right it's right yeah sorry <laughs> lots of people get like that i certainly used to be like that i used to really judge people for watching like love island and stuff yeah yeah exactly and then i because i was like i thought i just think it's shit and it's like why why would you like it and it's you know it's sending a bad message to young people blah 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 and then it's like actually it's got nothing to do with me <laughs> why do i give a shit why am i wasting yeah. my energy being yeah. annoyed about something that's got I- yeah, I get like that. So when I have like a, and sometimes someone says something to me, you know, like Jay watching that show, I'll have a negative output and then she'll say to me and I'm like, no, why would my opinion, you know, why would I do that? Yeah, so, I just think uh, using up that negative energy, that, that yeah. angry energy and over something that's so meaningless. Mm. So bring on the cameras, I say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Long live the camera. Yeah, definitely. And I'd like to see more Sunday League uh, action. I know I watch some others do it because it's getting quite popular now, obviously. Um, mm. But sometimes, obviously, it is a case of they don't put in the highlight, like the highlight sign as um, keeping me entertained. So when I do it, I try to. I know it might not. Obviously, I might have the same view. And people might say, oh, I want a bit more action. So, um, yeah, I think, but I would love to see it if people start recording their Sunday and putting like you see all these goals on Instagram and whatnot going viral from Sunday League it, there's, it's brilliant and um, I think we're going to see a lot more of it yeah I think it's really good to help people get back into going to play football the same way you said about the Dons got you realising how much you missed 11 aside yeah yeah we, definitely we need more of that out there because mm-hmm. um, as I said before to Jack that less and less people are playing amateur football every year and, yeah uh, it's sad it's very sad things like that putting out youtube videos and filming the kind of experiences and the kind of fun you can have will get people back out there i think mm. and we've seen it happen with us so definitely works so then glenn pgm first season down other than the uh the glench tv stuff how was the the football side for you and uh, what do you see for the future obviously being a family man i i didn't think um i'd be able to commit every week but then you get the bug and you think, I'm going every week. And there were a couple of weeks I missed through um, doing family stuff or whatnot. And um, obviously then when I come into the team, I don't have a God-given right to walk into the team. So it was a bit frustrating. As I you know, I spoke to you, I said, you know, but I'm intending to change that around and work even harder. So And obviously be there every week next season. That was one of the um, agreements when we were trying for a second baby. I said... You make sure I play football every Sunday, and then she, um, the missus agreed. So um, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. one of them. So you know, it was frustrating personally because, like I say, everyone wants to be on the pitch doing their best. Um, and the time I did get, you know, I think it went well. I loved it. Um, obviously, 
I had, I had a couple of good games. I had a couple where I didn't do as much as I wanted. Um, there was that frustration. And then as a team, we knew we were better than the results. Um, and, you know, I think me and the boys all agree. We thought we were going to turn up. And based on, obviously, how well we know each other and how good we know how we can be, we thought, you know, we'd pretty much dominate. <laughs> but then we got moved into Division 3. And also our pre-season went so well, we thought, oh, this is going to, you know, w- but we, we let it get to our heads and there were mm. games where um, obviously mistakes are part and parcel and you've got to allow for them because they're going to happen at any level in any game, right? Mistakes, that's fine. But unfortunately, we couldn't then grab the game by the scruff of the neck and, you know, um, get us out the trenches. Um, and so we've learned a couple of harsh lessons, but if it wasn't so deflating, it's actually comical when you look at it because those three games, our last, some of our last three games, we lost in the last kick of the game in two of them. And then in the last 10 minutes against that team team, we crumbled and lost. And you, and you think, bloody hell, you couldn't write this stuff. Like, you know, we were, we were doing well and then we crumbled. What do you I think, think that happens? I think it's our, um, I think it'll make us stronger for next season. Definitely. Definitely, we learned a lot of lessons. I think we just our mentality was, um, you know, probably our mentality. We just took our foot off the gas those last ten minutes, and we we need to we just need to dig a little bit deeper, support each other a bit more, and I think that will come with time. Like nothing happens. No one in their first season has been dominant. Look at you know whenever these teams get a load of cash in, involved in them, like Man City or what's going to happen at Newcastle, it's not overnight. No, no. It's, if anyone that knows sport and f- football in particular, it's about the organisation you build and yeah. the people that are in it working together, teamwork, blah blah blah. It's, yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's not so much about just getting all the best people you can find. Exactly. It's it's very different, but I totally agree with you um, in terms of you can look at it as <laughs> as it was comical in some ways the way it all came crashing down when we were it so. Was confident in early parts of the season but I think it was um what what you would expect of a a rough season you know yeah. it was just just our our first rough draft of a season and yeah. there were some harsh lessons we had to learn and unfortunately for us they pretty much all came at once <laughs> yeah they, they did within the space of a couple months but I think we I do think we learned from them I really do uh, yeah I agree and I think next season we're going to be stronger mentally everyone getting fit physically and we know we can play football so um I think definitely man. It's make us a I mean, better I'm team. getting more I'm getting more prepared on my side for for the pre-season and how we're going to play next year and you know who's going to be involved as much and really looking forward to it and on a on a note for you Glenn I think uh, we did speak about it in the earlier in the season but when it comes to quality you know technique touch mm. knowing how to play football making the right decisions on the ball you're, you're one of the best that we've got for that mm, the I only thing that. here is because you were missing weeks on and yeah. off you, you would struggle with the pace of the game when you came yeah. on no, and so I was right. trying to sort of get you back in the team gradually but then it was a case of you'd miss I mean pre-season you, you weren't able to come to training mm. so then it was I didn't feel fair on anyone else who did come not yeah, starting you're right and then when the season started, we tried getting you in, and then there was a week on, week off, which happens to everyone. It happened like you speak to Reese; he had the same thing where he would have a couple of months where he'd have a week on and off, mm. and then when he try and play, he's finding it hard to keep up 
his fitness was struggling and he was getting, mm. you know, pulling muscles and things. But then when he was able to play for two or three weeks in a row, he gradually started increasing his minutes and started feeling better. So it's never been about how good you are. It was yeah. just a case. No, I, was also, I appreciate that. You know, I think last season I was very much big on, we've got a big team. Everyone here is the same and we're going to try and rotate as much as possible and be fair mm. to everybody. Mm. Um, but then I, I kind of quickly learned you can't actually do that. And yeah. um, this season is going to be the same. It's going to be people who who work harder, who are fitter and who make the right decisions and, of course, the best footballers. And I think from you doing what you're doing now, getting fit and, you know, doing it all for football mm. is, is brilliant. You know, I'm really pleased because I can't wait to see pre-season and next season if you you keep up with it and and get really fit then there's no telling you know how much you can play next season oh yeah definitely i'm uh i'm like i say i want to be like mike very motivated and um (laughs) no seriously i think also with the camera and doing glinch tv it kind of um it made me a bit not focus 100 percent yeah i get that if you look at the game where I was focused, the game there was a couple of games where I focused 100. The game against Hazelmere down at the Rye, you said to me, you messaged me after the game. You said you were sensational. When I played left wing and you moved me centre mid, mm. and and um, you know I love that game. And then that second game I had against Tame where I scored my goal, which I owe to Chris Lennox by the way because he gave me an SIS pouch before the game, and it was um, a caffeine <laughs> one which made you focus. And I was just absolutely buzzing. I I need to carry them you know that mentality with obviously now getting fit and being 100 percent focused and um having last season's experience and just do my best and i you know i understand um how being a manager is and um you know how you know looking after everyone so i never personally took out and like you or scott thinking oh you know i can't there were them thoughts but it, i couldn't hold on to a grudge against anyone because it's just everyone if if I was your manager and this happened to you, I know you'd feel the same. You know, you just got to, you want to play, but you don't, at the end of the day, you look, you look and you think, yeah, he's right. I I haven't been there every week and I have missed training sessions. So he's right. Yeah, this is, the, I hope just um, from the year we've all had together, everyone sort of knows me now as mm. someone who, I, I've got integrity and I wouldn't fuck people around. Yeah. Uh, you know. Sam is my cousin. He doesn't play every game. Reese is my mm. brother, and he doesn't play every game. <laughs> he starts yeah. on the bench a lot. You no, know, you so look after everyone. Yeah. I don't necessarily play favourites, but then at the same time, some people will play more based on. Yeah, how much factors. they're giving. Yeah, how much they're giving back to the, the team, like being there every week, making every training session. I understand that, you know, it's um, but I do understand obviously the other side. It's, it's just a, it's a catch twenty two, really. It's like you know obviously you've got to work hard and give your all and some weeks you might be missing but on the mm. other side you think oh i'm just desperate to play you know desperate to play you know it's, but at the end of the day you see the bigger picture and um yeah like i say next season i'm gonna have take that focus 100 and give everything mate and um i know the boys are all well up for it speaking to them and i think we're gonna have a good season yeah i, I completely agree i'm really looking forward to it um i think you're right i think um fitness was a big a big part for for a lot of people last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe our preseason wasn't as technically as good as it should have been. You know, we were all very new to it. Mm-hmm. Personally, me and the other people that were setting it up. Um, so f- when it came down to it, it was a case of, you know, no one was fit enough to start with, and 
the people that did turn up every week and played every week got fitter quicker because they're playing every week. So if you if you're not doing things in your spare time to try and get fitter, then people then you'd fall behind, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but and that's all part and parcel of us learning and thinking. Do you know what? This was actually a little bit tougher than we thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. preseason matches and stuff. Um, all right, England. Well. The only uh, the only other listeners' question we had was actually um, is Glinch TV coming back? But you kind of spoke about that. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll be bringing. We that hope back. so. What yeah, about I'm... if we um, made some instructions, and laminated yeah. them? <laughs> we will make instructions. We will laminate. Obviously, we can't film when it's pouring down with rain because the camera will get killed off. But um, and obviously, we don't want to film against the teams that are looking to beat us up. But. Um, we will do it and um, get um, hopefully more videos than we did this year. Like you say, it would be great if we had someone that could invest, you know, because me, I, I'm now focusing on playing so much. It's mm. um, I definitely want the camera there, but I'm going to just focus on football and let the camera kind of like, I'll come off, I'll do a bit, you know, just be like running the line, basically. See, yeah, Michael Jordan wasn't bringing his own cameras, was he? That's what I mean, mate. I mean, we need someone to come and do a last, you know, not a last dance, um, our first proper season, we can call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first dance. <laughs> yeah, the, the first dance. The one before was, a, you know, a dress rehearsal. All right, Glenn. Well, thank you so much for joining me, mate. It's been a pleasure. Top man list. forward to seeing you after. I can't wait, mate.